Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, welcome to another edition of Things Worth Considering. I'm Gord Riddell and I am here with Jan Hill. And we are again just looking at things to be curious about. Um, Last week we were looking at stress busters. um, And there was one that I know that I didn't get in there uh, to share with you. uh, And it's called the 60 second vacation. Mm -hmm. And it's a great one. Because mm-hmm. it only takes you one minute. It's literally, that's why it's called the 60-second uh, vacation. All you have to do, go anywhere. You can go into the bathroom and close the cubicle at work. Uh, close your office door and just uh, allow yourself to take in some deep breaths. And just imagine your very favorite place in the whole wide world, even if it's imaginary. Okay? It could be uh, up a mountain, in the valley, in the meadows, by the river, by the ocean. doesn't matter. Anywhere imaginary, and just let yourself be there for one minute. And it's amazing just changing what's going on in your brain, uh, how much more relaxed you can feel. So, when it feels like it's about to boil over, don't even hesitate to try and do the sex, 60 second, or it could be sexy too, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> 60 second sex. Sometimes, exactly. No, that's such a disappointment. <laughs> uh, sometimes, I, uh, you know, being really stressed out isn't very sexy looking. <laughs> So, um, today we are looking at a a very common phrase, actually, uh, that has uh, begun to prop up, up, and that is spiritual, but not religious. And we're going to talk about that. I think it's a fascinating subject because it really looks at how how much the world is changing. Yeah, it's really... uh, I mean, stats are showing like as much as 33% of Americans identify as being spiritual, but not religious. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, both of which are really hard to define mm-hmm. because for every every definition of religion, you, you're going to have somebody's nose go out of joint. Right. And it really speaks to uh, the sort of a lot of the bigger sociological things that are happening, things that are happening around us and in our culture that actually create a bigger distinction between religion and spirituality. Oh, absolutely. Than previously, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean – you know, I think that there's always been a spiritual element to to humankind. Um, in terms of religion, religion is actually sort of a newcomer in in yep. the in the world of uh, of history and uh, sociology and anthropology and all those things. Um, you know, if anything, it, it looks historically as though um, you know the religion that we know today is actually. You know, only only like a few thousand years old, a couple thousand years old, mm. compared to going back literally tens of thousands of years. Right, because they're formalized organizational structures. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So you have to have you have to have a growth in population. You have to have a growth in communication capacities. You have to have a growth in all sorts of different other aspects. A growth in controlling law-abiding, law-making people too. Right, for sure. Right. So you have <laughs> to have a tell growth. Us how to do it. Yeah. So you have to have growth in all these different actual components. Um, and you actually have to have a big enough population that you control people or people are controlled through um, through processes that, that are not actually directly in their face. So it's not like somebody standing there saying, you know, don't touch the corn. Right. It's they have rules around don't touch the corn. Absolutely. Right. 
So yeah, and they're and and often they're very mystical rules. Mm. You're gonna go to hell. Mm. That that kind of scares a lot of people out of out of the mm. whole thing, um, and keeps us in line. Now you know historically then. You know, with the, the, you know, as enough population arrived and so on, um, and it became important to do that, uh, we began to lose sort of some of what the earlier ideas around it was. And it was very often the shamans, you know, the, the, uh, the healer, the shaman, male, female, it didn't matter often. And, and that was really the form of spirituality. And there's almost, there's a movement towards recapturing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I see, I see my students, the number that are studying shamanism compared to, you know, years ago, uh, which is really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. religion, I think, we is actually a structure. It's a social structure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And the spiritual piece that you're talking about is a sense of self in the world that's connected to others and that uses the magic of the interrelatedness of things, right? Absolutely. Medicine of different energies. And that's what was there energies. first. Yeah. That then, gave, you know, gave way. You know, certainly, you know, it was a form of survival. It was, it was evolutionary survival. It, we had to come together as people, as, as groups of people, as families and, and tribes and so on. And that was for survival. Uh, it's, it's like the more, the more uh, people there were, the safer it was. There was more people to you know, uh, hunt. There was more people to eat. <laughs> uh, there was more people to, to uh, look out for one another uh, that we didn't become, as I said before on the show, is that you know we didn't become someone's uh, you know lunch if we were out strolling by ourselves. Dinosaur breakfast. Exactly, dinosaur. Delicious human. You know, coming in. <laughs> there's a human. They're t- pretty tasty. Yummy. Uh, yuck. <laughs> um, the the uh, idea of that, you know, then then as they gathered and as as things progressed, that. Gradually, there would be some sort of ceremony begin to to emerge. Somebody that would run that ceremony, and out of that, we see sort of the early, early beginnings of what we might call religion today. Mm-hmm. You know, which is quite fascinating. You know, mm-hmm. so so religion. No one set out to create religion. It's a byproduct of our need to be together. Our need, which is what allowed humans to survive, our need to eat together, uh, and to share food. Which you know, that's a part of every major religion to this day. And in fact, you know, in Christianity, it f- plays a pivotal role, the whole idea of the Last Supper and, you know, of the, the, the communion that's taken in the church of, you know, this is my body. You know, that's that's really going back to us uh, sharing food mm-hmm. to keep each other alive, right. you know, which is interesting. So, so some, some of the stuff that we're doing today, it goes back tens and thousands of years, which I, I love. I just think, you know, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, I think also, too, that the earliest stuff is tied to uh, cycles of, like, planetary cycles, right? The, the, the rhythms of the seasons and things like that, which, of course, have to do with food production and fertility and all these other things, right? So some of the greatest concerns were about food production and trying to keep, um, you know, keep the cycles of the of the small little village and everything going, right? So yeah. to make sure that everybody stays healthy. So, um, yeah, so a lot of that stuff isn't necessarily concerned with power structures that we see later on in religion and the acquisition of resources and things like that. They're more concerned with... Um, reality. Yeah. Reality. It's the thing we've lost track of. Mm-hmm. Huh. And connection to nature, right? I Which is also something we've lost track of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that nature, uh, that connection to nature, it's just, uh, it is so vital. So mm-hmm. absolutely vital, you know. Um, so you know this this whole idea of creating a community 
uh, that comes out of religion then. Uh, well, out of early tribal and then on into, that, that community gave people a sense of belonging and a sense of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sociologist Robert Bellis said that religion is a way of being. Uh, you might say that it's a way of feeling, and it's a way of feeling together. Now, what, what's really interesting is, is suddenly the word feeling comes into play here. Um, that's, that's not very legalistic. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, the, the, uh, just the idea when we come together, you know, um, I mean, uh, the research is starting to show, you know, today, just more and more and more that we're just so hardwired to, to need to connect. Right. And I think what happens is as as cultures, as groups of people grow bigger and bigger and person A isn't necessarily the cousin of person B anymore. Right. When somebody when you don't actually know the people around you, think the city that you live in, even if it's a small city. Right. Chances are of the communities that you're part of that you know a handful of people, but you don't know everybody. Right. (laughs) And so what that means is you have to actually have externalized symbols and signs to and you have to have rituals that come that you come together to participate together in to create a sense of community because you don't actually know the people anymore. No, right? exactly. Or or interact with them. Yeah, in in other ways. So you have to interact with them in this in that way, right? In the in the religious through the religious formatting. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I mean, we're not very good at doing community anymore. No. Nope. You no. Know, uh, I think that the whole concept of as much as people talk about it. I, you know, I live in a condominium, uh, not a huge tower. It's mm-hmm. a modern, modest size. And it's sort of the nod. Good morning. Mm. Have a good night. There is no other really interaction there. Uh, people look down or people watch the numbers as usual on the elevator. Please don't talk to me or keep their earphones in uh, or headphones now, yep. uh, which is even more sound sound ceiling. Uh and, and it's just like this total avoidance. So, yeah, we live in the same building. We're all going to show up at a meeting and have to, you know, uh, uh, you know, duke it out at, at the uh, who's going to spend what money where kind of thing. And yet there's hardly any dialogue that goes on until we have these meetings. So that just that whole idea of community of, you know, uh, I, I just don't think it's it's uh, uh, holding its own anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yet it it is such a vital, vital part, you know, of of groups that. You know, we actually see something so powerful as religions have formed out of those kinds of, of communities, you know. Um, you know, religion, you cannot talk about European history without talking about the church. Of course. The, the Christian church. Of I course. Mean, it's like, that is history. Right. You know? um, but it's lost its power. Yes. And I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, but I think it also has a lot to do with like if you look at the the sort of the dissolution of what we would have thought of as being sort of common um, elements of society in there's just been this dissolution over the last century, right? So mm-hmm. the rise of secularism, especially in Canada, where you see a lot of multicultural influences. So people are doing religion differently. There's a from one another, right? Yep. So there's exposure to all sorts of of different aspects of of uh, cultural alliance and things like that, right? So I think that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. In a modern culture, to see then see the rise of what we think of as being more spirituality, like something more spiritually based. Well, yeah, but when the, then when we talk about that, so if we're talking about like you know large cities where you have this heterogeneous you know uh, uh, group of people all doing it differently, then you're you're going to see the rise of sp- spirituality. In other words, it's separating. You know, mm-hmm. all all religions have spirituality. 
but mm-hmm. not all spirituality has religions. Right. And I think, but okay, so let's talk about what you mean by spirituality, because there's lots of different meanings of the word spirituality, that. right? No, they'll get mad at me. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I think this is important, right? Because because if if we lose the religious basis, which I'm comfortable with, and we talk about what is spirituality, then, you know, that's part of the whole thing is people having conversations about spirituality and saying, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual. And yet we all have different concepts of what spiritual is. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It just makes it difficult to have communicate around it, right? So are we thinking of the supernatural? Because, you know, we often use the term spiritual to describe something in that realm. Are we talking about personal growth? When we're thinking that perhaps the body is could be a tomb and our soul is stuck here to grow in this tomb of our body or is it a temple is it a reflection of something greater a tomb. right the okay. tomb or temple i mean these are classic perspectives around the relationship between the soul and the body right yep. and sort of going back to the mind body split that we've talked about is it is it does the word spirituality have to do with sacred meaning? Does something have a sacred meaning which makes it spiritual, right? In which case, then I want to know, well, what things in society have that spiritual meaning? And in modern society, I think it's kind of a fascinating thing where, you know, our trinkets, our crystals and stuff can have some sort of spiritual meaning. And yet we can go and cut down a tree, you know, a 2,000-year-old tree and go, ah, great, it's going to make excellent firewood, Right, like, and I can build a new shed there. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, are we talking about a religious experience when we're talking about spirituality? Are we, or are we talking about uh, one's own sort of inner dimension, right? Which is part of that humanistic psychology that we all talk about. So I have to choose. Is this multiple choice? No, I think for some, but I think it's it's important important. to sort of think about some of the elements of it, right? Yep. Because I know I'll use the term spirituality. There's there's also psychedelics in in all sorts of different frames. Really big. Yeah, I think that's part of the exploration of the inner dimension. Yep. Right? Yep. So it's like, it's, yeah. So it's just like, I know I use the term spirituality all the time in all sorts of different contexts. Yep. Yeah. I think that, you know, uh, uh, for the sake of us right now, uh, putting this across, it's about not belonging to an actual, you know, organized religion. It's outside of what we would have a structure, the church. Right. Or the temple. Or the mosque, you know. Uh, so it, it's it's removed from that. Um, so there's not not going there. Also, not adhering to those traditions, you know. I think is, is the other one. the 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 next The next piece of that would be that it brings in the inner part, mm-hmm. you know, who we who we uh, are are discovering on the inside. That and I think that's really the difference between religion and spirituality in terms of how it's expressed. Religion is is always been concerned and continues to be concerned, although they don't say that, about the group. I think that it's about the community. It's about the group. It's about the religion carrying on. It's not about, you know, even though they might say, you know, well, it's about making sure that you are, you know, walking the right path and you will get to, you know, nirvana or whatever or heaven. Uh, it's a fact of, you know, uh, as long as we as a group continue to work together and pray together and worship together, then good things will come of that. Right. And I think the idea behind that is that the group, if you're, you know, if you're the lost sheep and you're wandering off away somewhere else, that the group can actually uh, hold you, hold that sacred space for you. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And it, you know what? In instances they can. But mm-hmm. we also see that in, in group uh, spiritual gatherings. There's nothing 
you know, I think, you know, like we, when we have the, the healing circle here, mm-hmm. you know, when people come together and just meditating together and you just have this energy that's built yeah. and it holds us, it sustains yeah. us, you know, uh, in terms of being open to it. So, you know, neither, is a, neither one is a judgment as much as, you know, just sort of from a, a, a larger perspective, one is about the group, spirituality is about the individual. It's an individual pathway that is really much more open uh, than I think than than uh, you know prescribed religion is. I think contemporary Western perspectives of spirituality is about the individual, but I think if you dig deeper, if it's about the individual, then it's not really spiritual <laughs> because we're all connected. Oh, absolutely, right? absolutely. There's no, absolutely no. I, I agree 100. percent But that's not what's seen. What's seen is my journey, my path, my my you know onward and upwards yeah by people who are just at the beginning of their spiritual journey because you talk to people who are have been spiritual for a long time and have done the work then they're not talking about my 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 they're talking about us 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 right right Right. exactly exactly yeah and us 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 on that note Mm -hmm. we need to go to break all right yes so this is Gordon Riddell and this is Jan Hill on uh, Voice America Talk Radio and we will be right back on the other side of these commercials. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, this is Things Worth Considering, and we're back. Uh, we're talking about 
uh, spiritual but not religious. Interesting uh, phrase that has uh, come up. In fact, it's beginning to show up even on government uh, uh, data when people ask you what your religion is. That there's the the um, uh, initials of you know S uh, spiritual but not S B N R. If you see that up, it's, it's basically what that means: is spiritual but not religious. So. We're talking uh, a bit about what is spiritual, and we're talking a lot about what's religious. Yeah. Um, what about advantages to being a part of a religious, you know, faith-based community? And by that, I'm not talking about like a live-in. I'm just talking about a general, you know, community that that b- attends a church or a mosque or a synagogue locally. Advantages yeah. or disadvantages? No, I think there's advantages. Oh, I think there's lots of advantages. Yeah. I mean, not the least of which you have a community of people to hang with. Yes, Right? Who all believe pretty much the same thing. Yeah, so you see your own values reflected back at you. And that's that's a really great thing to have because it can be very uh, validating in a world where we are exposed to so many different ideas and distracted by all sorts of different things, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. if you're a person who kind of needs to externalize they're um, they're you know looking externalized looking for self looking for self acceptance through getting feedback from other people then sure being in a like minded community is fantastic for that it's very well, helpful and there are those people that don't want to have to make decisions yes you know there mm-hmm. are people that are like tell me what to do where to be and and they're more than happy to follow along with that. Well, and it's not even I mean you know from a liberal perspective that sounds kind of a little bit limiting like oh my god that. Poor person is just being led like a sheep, but it's not really that at all, right? Because if you if you don't want to be a person, if you don't feel, if you just want your life to be smooth, yep, you know, then it's like, yeah, I'm not going to eat that on Friday, and I'm not going to eat that on Tuesdays, and I'm going to go here on Wednesdays or whatever. And it gives a rhythm and a structure to our almost very structureless life sometimes, right? Absolutely. I mean, let's face it. We have a lot of decisions to make during the course of the day. And, you know, if somebody told me you can't wear that on Wednesdays, I'd be like, whew, take that off my list of things to worry about, right? (laughs) One less decision. Exactly, right? And let's face it, not everyone is is our leaders. There are lots of followers. And that is, yeah, what you said, just give me a smooth life. I just want to go through. You know, not everybody's here to have massive spiritual soul growth. Uh, Some people are here to observe and to, you know, take part and but follow through. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I do find that with clients often, right? Um, So you've just reminded me of something that's kind of important is this idea that not everybody is here to, you know, journey down the tumultuous path of painful self-healing and personal growth, right? Not at all. Yeah. And so if you are one of those people who are driven to do that, then sometimes it can be a little frustrating when you're with somebody. I was just with a client last night who was really frustrated by the sort of the lack of personal growth of of, uh, people in her life. And yet at the same time, it's like that's not their journey. They're not not here to do that, right? Right. Right, right. <laughs> they're doing it through you vicariously. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe they're here in some ways. They're, they they function to to create the atmosphere that allows her to do her own personal growth. Absolutely. Right. And and an atmosphere of support. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. They may not understand, but I bet you they're always there for her. Maybe, or maybe they're creating the dramas, uh, right, that yeah. she has to respond to. Um, but yeah, this is another thing about community, right? Yeah. Is that we never really know when we're in the middle of community what the what the long-term big picture actually is. Yep. 
right? Yeah. Somebody ate all our jelly beans and it's really annoying. But you know what? Maybe we learned something from that, but we don't realize we learned something until next week right. when we get more jelly beans and we do something else with them. <laughs> yeah, right? discover that it's the cat that's taking them. Yeah, the cat. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, having having just members around us that just support us in our, our life's ups and downs, I think, is a huge advantage. Yep. You know, um, there's usually, you know, a national or an international governing body which directs every aspect of the overall you know, mm-hmm. uh, functioning of, the, of each faith, uh, including clarification, evolution of doctoral matters, all those kinds of things that you don't have to worry about. Um, you know, and it's, um, and it's important to have that because what that allows is members could go anywhere and be, you know, barring language, you know, uh, differences, you can go into anywhere and know exactly what's going to go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what the, you know, sort of the brilliance of the Catholic Church was mm-hmm. in the days when it was Latin only. Didn't he, language didn't even get in, in the way. Mm-hmm. You knew exactly from beginning to the end exactly what was going to happen during that mass. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that gives people a lot of, you know, I mean, our brains, and we've talked about it, our brains love habitualness. And that, you know, the, the repeating of exactly the same thing, you know, gives us tremendous comfort, actually. Right, for sure, right. You know, we don't have to think about it. We don't have to question it. If we do, then we're probably going to sort of pull back a little bit. Right. Because people don't like us in these groups, uh, uh, certainly within a church, when we begin to question things mm-hmm. or we try to do things differently. You know, mm-hmm. I think that often will get ostracized. But that's in, in you know, sort of the disadvantages that I want us to look at. Um, you know, uh, and there's certainly lots and lots of evidence that supports there is a positive impact on individuals' health, both mental and physical, uh, and just their overall happiness. In the blue zones that uh, that uh, are researched, right, one of the key factors in aging, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, is that um, it's, it's having a spiritual connection and having a spiritual community that you hang out with, right? So... Is a spiritual community is, you know, if it's a community, then is it now religious? You know what I mean? Is it a religious organization? It doesn't really matter what name you give it, but it's, it creates a sense of belongingness. Um, and, uh, that kind of serves that existential peace. Right. 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 Well, if you look at palliative care, uh, end of life care, that one of the things that, you know, it, it's, uh, entrusted to that is the spiritual care of the individual. And so you have the, you know, the physical comfort and the emotional, but the spiritual is very, very much a part of that. Right. Yeah. And it has to be. Mm-hmm. It has to be. If you, you know, if you look at today's churches, they're full of the blue rinse set. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as, you know, the aging elders of our world, um, more and more and more, you know, as, as people age, go back to what they knew. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they've been away from it for 50 years. Or maybe it's not what they knew. Maybe it's what they longed for. What, what they, they feel for. that they missed. Yeah. Well, right? they study for their finals. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. When I went to my parents when they were alive uh, to their church with them, it would be really, it was interesting as to, you know, it was, a, it was more of elderlies, you know, or elders, elderly, uh, uh, but certainly, you know, well, well retired and they, but that's also who supported it the church that was the backbone to that church right you know so and they had a big say as to who the pastors were <laughs> big say yes mm. uh and basically one who walked walked the line so mm. okay there's so there's some disadvantages too then as to yeah. why would people leave you know so there's an expectation um you know that your beliefs have to parallel the group you know uh and that's uh 
you know, the uh, basically believing in exactly the same tenets of the faith. It's not okay not to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, lots of emphasis uh, um, on the group than there is on the individual. Right. Although an individual who gets into trouble in those groups, they will, you know, they will they will come and gather around quickly. Yeah. So you know, my whole take is basically, I think Western culture is way too individualistically oriented. So I don't actually see this as a disadvantage. Are you a socialist? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I would say I'm a recovered Marxist feminist, but that would have been a couple decades ago. But uh, anyway, it's right. like, no, you know, yeah. like you study, you know, yeah. indigenous well, cultures and all that matter. kind of stuff. Oh, true. But you know what I mean? It's like, we all know that, that connection, that people are lonely, yep. right? People are disconnected. This is what people are searching for, right? And so I think... I think one of the, the things that, that one of the bad things that we think of in our neoliberal world of hyper individualism is that somehow structure, any kind of structure, whether it's a governmental structure or a corporate structure or a religious structure or a family structure, somehow impedes me. <laughs> it gets in the way of me. Well, what about what I though, think? And, I agree and with all you. structure is not bad. All no. Structure, we need structure in our lives, right? Yes, yes. And so we only see it as a disadvantage when there's something that when we lose our macro perspective, when it interferes, when we lose our macro perspective, right? Yep. And we get all micro, but which is most of the time. Which right? is most of the time, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I just want to sometimes say, stop your whining. Right. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting when you say that, though, is, is that there is is uh, more and more of a move towards regulating everything. Of course. So as we're talking about this, this individualism and, and, you know, not having structure, yet the structure itself is is becoming even tighter of a structure. So structure and regulation are two different things, right? And I think that part of the problem is we, in our neoliberal minds, conflate structure with regulation. Mm. So we say structure is going to restrict me and people are going to have control over what I do and when I do it and how I do it and whatever. No, other kinds of structure that we actually see rooted in in spiritual practices is ritual, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly ritualistic coming together of people who share certain value structures and 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 share ceremony and share celebration. And I think that that's another way of thinking about structure in in a sort of a non-regulatory way. It's interesting because we live in a world that is very regulatory, and the reason it's regulatory is because one of our foundations is legalistic. So it's always about my freedom too in a neoliberal world. My yep. freedom too. I get to swing my arms. I get to jump up and down. I get to have pockets and pockets full of money and walk past people who are who are starving in the streets or I get to buy a really expensive car and like oh just throw it away or you know what I mean it's all about what I get to do and that's that's it's not about freedom from what about the community's freedom from poverty what about the community's freedom from the tyranny of somebody else's desire to do a bunch of things, right? And so I think this legalistic foundation in our contemporary society has had a big impact on how we view structure as primarily something that's regulatory, and it's actually not. Absolutely. Always that, Absolutely. right? So, I mean, the number of people that have become, or just even societies that have become so litigious, mm-hmm. and it's about, you know, my right to. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. taking that away, or you're impeding upon it, whatever. Uh, yeah, legalistically is a little out of hand mm-hmm. you know, with uh, the number of, of lawsuits that go on out there. Uh, and, and 
I don't know. You know, here, I mean, we've got a, a certain amount of, of uh, you know, input from the judiciary that says this is just frivolous. It's vexatious. And get it the hell out of my court. Right. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And it certainly happens by those people who want to sue everybody. Right, right. You know, is yes. that, uh, um, you know, I'm thinking of one person that, that was just barred, just said, you cannot bring another lawsuit into a court in Canada. Huh. Because of being so litigious, and they were they were they were frivolous. They were huh. just absolutely frivolous. You know, you, interesting. your shoelace untied in the wrong place, and bang! You know, we're going to sue the, the the shoe manufacturer and the shoelace manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah, part of the um, part of the the let's call it the power of uh, structures is that, as you've said before, is that they're repetitive. So the threat is when somebody comes in and says, "I don't want to do that anymore." I want to do it this way. And if you have a whole bunch of individuals doing it, the threat is that the actual structure will break down, right? right? right. And so you can't have ceremony and ritual within the context of sort of individualistic sort of like, like hyper-concern for individualism, right? So I think that that is perceived then as one of the disadvantages is that change is slow within those organizations. Oh, massively slow. Right? And it has to be slow to maintain stability. Yes. It's always this this balance you know, in terms of the speed of change, doesn't mean that change doesn't happen, but it, it it's slow. It's, it's incredibly slow, and and you know that that is what will get more people sort of to, you know, leave some of these structures and go off and march to the tune of their own drummer because, mm-hmm. you know, some of the some of it is ridiculously slow. Right. It's like you know we're going to take this path of you know not only least resistance but the slowest resistance that no one is going to be upset by it. Yeah, and I think that also this fits in with our particular culture today which is so busy busy change is part of our everyday happening and you know our capacity to adapt to change often determines our success in life how adaptable are we? And so we come back into these organizations that are rooted in stability and they have an invested interest in keeping things the same. Absolutely. And so you know it kind of heightens the tension and so it's no wonder that you start to see the rise of secularization and the diminishment of, you know, spiritual and re- religiously based um, traditional organizations. Yeah, because you come in and you say, hey, mm-hmm. I got an idea. You will not be accepted with open arms. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the, the lay of the land. There's also, you know, a uh, again, with this individual in pockets full of money that <laughs> a lot of these organizations want to have a monetary <coughs> Some sort of a monetary, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, a donation, but also a time donation. Right. So they want your money and your time. And right. people are like, I'm not doing that. That's right. You know, so th- that, that certainly leads to, you know, people heading out the door. You know, so, you know, overall, religion's played a major role, you know, in, on our planet. All people going back thousands of years have been involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, however, society's evolving, religions of the world are evolving so slow, as you said, that maybe this is where spiritual but not religious really begins. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this whole spiritual but not religious idea really emerged after the end of the Second World War, right? Yes. Where spirituality and theistic religions, you start to see they became increasingly disconnected. Yep. And that's also when you see the rise of individualism, where you see a growth in state intervention and regulation and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So it all kind of fits together, right? You it see, all comes together. Yeah. And it will come even more together on the other side of these commercials. Okay, baby. And we will be right back to Things Worth Considering.
Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, this is Gordon Jan, and we are back with looking at spiritual but not religious. We're talking a lot about religion, though. Let's talk about spiritual. Let's do it. (laughs) You know. Um, I think, you know, we have, to, we have to be able to differentiate, so we need to know what both sides are here. You know, I think that one of the things about spirituality that uh, we talk about individual um, is accepting personal responsibility for our right. actions. That's, uh, that's something that seems to be kind of lacking out there a lot. People, people don't, the, people are shocked that there are consequences for their actions. Well, see, this is a really interesting point because... And, uh, you know, the only kind of really Western or the only religions I really know very much about it is Christianity. But within Christianity, so I can't call on any other ones, but yep. within Christianity, if you think of the Ten Commandments, they're all restrictive. Don't covet neighbor's wife. Don't lie. Don't do this. So they're commands. They are actual commands. Yep. Do not do this. They're, right? they're also in Judaism, by the way. Okay. Well, there you go. Didn't know that. But, oh, of course <laughs> they are. Duh. Okay. Old Welcome. Testament. Okay, but um, yeah, wow, Earth to Jan. Um, but if you think about it, for example, in indigenous cultures, they have, for example, the seven teachings. They're not prescriptive. They're not like do this or don't do that. They have concepts of what creates a community. And mm-hmm. so you don't teach your children through discipline to like do this and do that. You, you show your children 
the benefits of following the seven teachings, which include things like love, right? Yes. It's respect, courage, honesty, wisdom, uh, humility, truth, right? Yeah. So yes. it's not, it's not don't tell a lie. It's, it's more around the, like the turtle carries the truth. Be the turtle. Be truthful right. in all you do. Right. And so it's, it's just really interesting to me because it creates concepts around like it's linked to concepts of sin. Right. So you don't sin necessarily in an indigenous, like in an in a indigenous sort of a, a, a spiritual system. But you do when you break the Ten Commandments in a Christian one. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And then if you, you, you know, go into Christian doctrine, then, you know, Everyone, uh, you know, are sinners, and our sins are taken away um, through through Jesus. Um, and I mean, that's Christian theology, and and that's great. But I always think that where where do you have to like, you know, you might have to, you know, if it's in Catholicism, you might have to go and do some some Hail Marys and some prayers and whatever. But yeah, I'm talking about consequences. I'm talking about actually having guilt and shame and disappointment and, you know, uh, uh, all of that kind of stuff on yourself. Right. You know, and I, it, you know, it doesn't seem to, to, to sit in quite the same way um, when people, you know, the people couldn't even be shocked that there is a consequence for doing something. Right. And that also fits into this accountability fits into this idea of hyper individualism, right? Because in hyper individualism, you're not taught to think about as we would be in an indigenous framework, right? right? How our behavior is actually connected to all the things around us and how we are connected to all things around us. And in a hyper individualistic perspective, we just think about what we want. And so if what I want impedes something that you want, Right. I yeah. would just go and do what I wanted. And I'd be like, oh, Gord, you didn't run fast enough. Sorry. All the chocolate Easter bunny. Right. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't feel as if I need to be accountable for your shortcomings, which in this case would be that you can't run as fast as me. Right. Although I know that that's actually not true because I've seen you run. But you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, you know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, uh, maybe we're just not teaching people. Maybe maybe that's our parenting skills are a little bit lacking in covering for our children so much mm. that we're not letting our children take take the fall mm-hmm. you know, or accept the consequences for their behavior. We find ways to to talk out of or buy out of or get the best lawyers, whatever, so that the family isn't stained or shamed or whatever. Understandable, but that doesn't teach anybody anything other than daddy's got enough money. He's going to get me the hell out of here, <laughs> you know, uh, and I don't have to worry about it. You know, uh, Deepak Chopra, the world's famous author and spiritual teacher uh, and a medical doctor. And, you know, he says that religion is belief in someone else's experience. Right. But spirituality is having your own experience. Right. I, I think that, that's a really nice, succinct way of what we're talking about. Right. And for me, what I hear in that is that it's about spirituality is then about incorporating into one's own uh, sort of one's own interpretation of the world around them, something that is sacred. So it's the, it brings back the sacred meaning as something that is individually experienced. Right. 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 So I think there's the place for individualism and spirituality. 
is the sacred. Right. It's, yeah, it's through the sacred, saying this is Absolutely. how I experience the sacred. Absolutely. How do you experience the sacred? You know, I right? think that the, the how do I experience it? I think that the work that I do with individuals uh, or in a group, but um, I think just think it's such a sacred place to go to have someone bearing their soul mm. as part of their healing process and to be privy to that. I think that's a sacred, a very sacred place to go. Um, and it's one that I, you know, have always honored. Uh, and I, I try to instill that upon, you know, the students who study here at the school that, uh, you know, uh, transformational arts is about, you know, sacredness. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that connection that two people make when we open up to who we really are. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what, that's what sacred is to me. I mean, sacred is also a whole bunch of other stuff. Sacred today is also going for a walk in the woods. Right. Sacred is being on my own in the woods. <laughs> right. Not having to share, talk, just to be in the, the, the smell, the, the sound, the all of those things that I experience in the woods. Yeah, so it's being the individual feeling the connection. That's right. Right? Yes. Feeling the greater. Yeah, that's right. Feeling the greater. Right? Feeling the greater. Mm-hmm. So, so spirituality then always involves invariably the greater, although we talk about the individual. I think that spirituality has to take into some consideration that there is a greater than, however that's defined. So now you're making me think... As I'm oh, listening, no. yeah, okay. I'm thinking that there's a difference between how we're using the concept of spirituality as something that that is a, a I guess you'd call it like a sacred experience, a sacred connection, and what I think of as secular spirituality, then which uh, emphasizes humanistic ideas like on moral yeah, yeah, character, yeah. you know, fine. love, compassion, yeah. blah blah blah, these kinds of things, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think there, I think that you know that's not a terrible thing. I mean that. You know, mm-hmm. one one who can experience the sacredness, then the humanistic is very easy to do. Mm-hmm. And and then entry pointed, you know, the humanistic of just being kind, random acts of kindness. I actually have that on my checks. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 like it's, in your checkbook. It. On my checkbook. Yeah. What does it say? It says uh, something about uh, uh, I don't have it with me uh, uh, about exercising random acts of kindness. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a cool thing. That's a cool thing. Yeah, so it would be better if it said, give Chan money. Yeah. But I'll take that random act of kindness really? thing. Yeah. Sign here, twice. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I just, you know, just doing things like that, uh, being kind, being aware, uh, being courteous, manners, mm-hmm. please and thank you go so far. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all of those kinds of things. I think that humanistic, sec- you know, uh, uh, spirituality is a, is the introduction to the sacred. Right. And if you enter into the sacred, then the rest is just so automatic. You study, mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it. It's just it's what who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yep. who you are, and you can tell those people. Yep. But I think that I think that that is really rooted in this idea that um, the true self is experienced through self disclosure. Right. Absolutely. To the self, right? Absolutely. And then, so from that, you have a whole long list of ways to get to know yourself better, to enhance your self-awareness, right? And um, which develops through things like inner peace and um, sort of foundations that are rooted in happiness. And so you've got all these different modalities, mechanisms like meditation, mm-hmm. um, you know, these kinds of things that are supposed to help us cultivate our inner life and our character. Right, right. I think as though... There's no greater healing when we talk about this than when we share our story. Yes. Uninterrupted, 
fully witnessed, no questioning, no judging. And I, I think that, that, you know, 80, 90% of, of therapy, the healing takes place in having someone witness our story. Right, right, right. How often do we get to tell our story that isn't interrupted or, well, where'd you get the money to do that? Or how do, why would you decide to go to that place? Yeah. You know, whatever, you know, why did you decide to go to that school? Right. Uh, we're always interrupted and we have to, you know, somehow or other substantiate our story. Right. And, you know, I noticed in my own process, I told my story over and over and over and over for years, years to my therapist. And then, uh, and of course, the story changes over time, right, as you get different perspectives, but yeah. basically same story, right? And then uh, one day I woke up and I started to tell my story and I thought, I'm so bored with my story. And when I realized now years later, then because that's when I thought, okay, I think I'm done this piece. Right. I think I'm done. Right. Right. I'm healed, not really, but there you go, right? I've done this piece. And then uh, I think for, as we're speaking now, I think what kind of, what I feel like happened is I moved from the micro, the focus on my own individuality and my own individual perspective of certain experiences and things to something more macro, right? Where you actually recognize we're all carrying our stories and our stories all have grief grief in them and betrayal and uh, and happiness and disappointment and pain and joy and, you and know. And for a soap opera. Yeah, and all sorts of drama in them, right? Yes. And so it's like, but once you let go of the, not that everybody's story isn't unique and everybody's feelings aren't real, but when we, we just recognize that as part of the human journey, I think for me, that was sort of the opening into something that I would describe as, as in my life more of a spiritual connection. Right, right. 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 The awakening. Ta-da, wake yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, waking up's easy. Staying awake is really hard. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, it's really, really hard to stay awake. Well, uh, I think, you know, we should be talking about this stuff next week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, talk our spiritual more about this. practices and spirituality because it's, uh, it's an important area. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, our story just really, uh, we just discovered that, in fact, so much of our stories are the same. Yeah. yeah. Human conditions. Yep. Different moms, different dads, maybe. Um, and, you know, yet the commonality of, uh, which gives us that, that subjective experience, you know, um, you know, it, and it really, it boils down to for spirituality that it is a subjective experience, Mm. you know, it's like nobody says, you know, well, this isn't true or isn't true. It just is. You know, we have a tendency, I mean, we can tell if someone's having a bit of a psychotic break here, but for, <laughs> for the most part, we we really don't, um, we don't concern ourselves with how people get there or people arrive at what they disclose to be, you know, some sort of an experience with their idea of the sacred or their idea of the divine. You know, now, I think that, hmm. you know, as you it is very non-judgmental. It's very open. It's very free. The the whole area of spirituality. However, there are teachers, uh, and there are schools that we need to also just be aware of that they move towards towards some level of, uh, you know, uh, being organized. That they can be very dogmatic. Mm-hmm. You have to eat this, wear this, do this, follow this this pathway, uh, do this yoga, whatever. You have to, you know, you have to just keep your eyes open. If you leave one organization because it was too dogmatic, it's very easy to get back involved into another one 
that is equally as dogmatic. Right, and I think this actually speaks to what you see in the West is the rise of sort of Western um, um, forms of Buddhism, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, and even then, and it, it keeps evolving. I mean, you know, the, uh, you know, whether whether it was from sort of the earliest, uh, you know, through to the Tibetan, through to the variations of that, well, looking at uh, yoga schools, mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, that just keeps evolving and evolving and evolving to different types. Yeah. You know, uh, one, one more difficult than the next. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, so... Um, you know, I think that one of my favorite people in the whole world is Brene Brown. I know that. Yeah, you she's know that. excellent. She's so she's just superb. She's yeah. superb in the in her research, and she's superb yeah. in the way she presents. Yeah, and she's fun. She is. She's very fun. Yeah, she's real. Yeah, she's authentic. She's real, and I believe her. Yes. Yes, I wish I did. Everybody, spirituality, she says, <laughs> is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to mm-hmm. each other. By a power greater than all of us. That's what I'm saying. Yep. And that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. That is from Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection. Uh, Beautifully said. Uh, I certainly can't disagree with that. No, I like it. No. Uh, Maybe you need to put that on the bottom of your checks. That is really the, the gifts of imperfection yeah. <laughs> as I make donations. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that I can't even begin to go anywhere near summing up a, a closing uh, quote by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown. Um, next week, we will be back. Jen will be here. I will be here. And we are going to take a look at spiritual practices, things worth considering in your daily life. This is Gordon Dell. This is Jan Hill. And we look forward to hearing from you at uh, info at spiritgrows.ca. Let us know what spiritual practices perhaps you have. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.